Hi, I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are the Russian Sisters. Welcome to our podcast. A show we created to talk about hard things and also to bring some levity to your lives. Alexandra is a mom and occupational therapist. And Anna is a school counselor. And together we share our life stories and crazy adventures. We aim to make you smile and let you know you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. Enjoy our latest episode from The The Russian Russian Sisters. Sisters. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Hello, hello. Alexander and I are delighted to be with you this morning. Absolutely. How are all of you? Hope you're well or afternoon or evening. Whenever you're listening to us. Twilight. On the commute. On the commute. Cleaning your house, Mm. doing some yard work or crafting. We do have a listener who crafts while she listens to us. These are all amazing suggestions for when and how to listen to us. Oh, this is when I listen to us. Just kidding. Um, when I listen to podcasts anytime. Walking, taking the dog for a walk yeah. or the child. Yep. I've listened to some podcasts walking laps around a lake. Mm, there you go. That's a good one. On the commute. On a hike. On a hike. Although sometimes it's nice to just listen to what's around you in nature. Mm-hmm. For but, sure. Yeah. Depends on what kind of hike, I suppose. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes if I'm huffing up a mountain, I'm breathing so hard, I can't even hear what people are saying anyway. <laughs> right. And if you're hiking with people, you probably wouldn't want to be plugged in anyway. That's a good point. Mm. Or you could listen to a podcast on an airplane. Can you? Like if you download it? I would think so. Yeah. I just went into logistics land. <laughs> How does that work? Could I do that? I'd have to download episodes and, or get on the Wi-Fi. And Can I do that at 36,000 feet? Which makes me wonder, we've talked about all the traveling we've been doing this summer, and I anymore am a person who doesn't turn my phone on airplane mode. You don't. And purposefully, because I'm like, just in case anything happens, I know that as we are taking off and landing, I will have service for a few minutes. So like when we're descending into Denver for that probably half an hour that we're descending, about 15 minutes of it as we get closer to the ground, I have service. So I start getting texts. I can start texting people. So then I feel like if anything happens, I want to be able to communicate with people. That's fair. I usually put on airplane mode because by that point in time, my battery is struggling, which they do have some planes now that you can plug in. But this last flight, I was like, I don't, where do because they mentioned they were talking about, oh, you can, you know, still charge your device. And I'm like, where? And then Anna had to remind me it was for first class people yeah, only. We were like in the high 20 rows. And um, yeah. that's like probably the first few rows they get some plugs. Although when we flew to Hawaii the last time, it was nice. We had plugs at our feet. Mm, we did. So that was very special. I felt yeah. fancy in that way. But I feel like I need someone to explain to me why they don't want phones not on airplane mode. I've asked, are there some waves, invisible waves I can't see that I'm messing with by having my phone not in airplane mode? Is it the distraction? Is it the noise? Is it they want you to save battery? Like, what is it that they say, please put your phones in airplane mode? I wonder, as you say battery, I wonder if it does impact the battery usage because phones have caught on fire before. Mm. But we'll have to look it up. I'm going to write it down. Oh, We're going to look it up. Research, right. Because yeah. when I think of it, I'm usually in the air and don't have service. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So now is a good time as any. Yeah. Well, what All have right. you been up to these days? Traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling. I just came back from California with you, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a fun trip. 
And then I did an overnight at a friend's cabin. So it was really great to like go from kind of one setting and be in this one geological area and then come back. And it was a quick turnaround. And I'm looking forward to a few days of nothing right now because I've been on the go, go, go. Even though we rested at that cabin, it was quite lovely and rustic is the word I like to use. Um, and if anyone has read the book Where the Crawdads Sing, mm. um, it, this kind of cabin reminds me of what is depicted in that story. Yeah. There's even an outhouse. Like there was no plumbing. There was no running water. We did have electricity so I could charge my phone <laughs> and use it as a flashlight <laughs> to get to the outhouse. Because I recently watched the show Alone too for any oh, of those that's right. who watch Alone. And they're in grizzly bear country up in British Columbia. And when they see bear around them or like approaching them or just if they make eye contact with the bear, they're like, hey, bear, and start clapping. <laughs> it's like, hey, bear, yo, oi. And I kept thinking like, what would I say if I mm. came across the bear? And so my oi. Friend, oi. <laughs> oi to you, yogi. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bear. And it was interesting on the show how many of the survivalists use that terminology. So I'm like, is that something like, do you read that? Is that in a um, manual? A manual somewhere, <laughs> like a survival manual, or is it something they teach you? Hey, bear, like the bear's going to respond to you. And some of them, you know, would run off. Mm. And then some of them just ignored and like kept coming closer because they were curious and it got closer to hibernating season. So they were hungry. So it was kind of scary for the people in, on the show. That is all to say, I had my phone as my flashlight when I was going out to the outhouse. And I was like, okay, I'm prepared with my words. I don't have bear spray on me. And the reason I brought that up is because we there had been a bear sighting. And they're not big brown bears. They're not grizzly bears. But no, we, we have, have a lot of black bear. Yeah. And they really care less. Like if they're really hungry, if they will attack if they feel threatened. So it's not common, but it has been known to happen. So I was like worrying myself about that. But I'm here to talk about it so nothing happened. We had a black bear come through our neighborhood. And so I'm in a suburb of Denver, but I am kind of close. There are some foothills that are close to us. And so a bear came through our neighborhood. And that reminds me of I love the National Geographic moments I have around my house now. Yes. And I feel like there have been more this year. So then I go, wait, is this supposed to be my symbolism thing? Like a lot of people are trying to connect with me. But recently we had a fox Mm-hmm. had the siblings over for dinner and I have a big window at the back of my house and we look and there's a fox that jumped over my fence into my neighbor's yard. It was cool. That was pretty cool. I've had a bald eagle fly over my head, which was a little crazy because we get hawks where I am, but not mm-hmm. really. Recently, we also had a deer couple that was just walking through the neighborhood. I saw them one day and then Buddy and I needed to go get our mail and we don't have a mailbox in front of us. They're like the group of mailboxes that are around the corner. And in that yard next to the mailboxes, they were just hanging out. Wow. Laying, just hanging out. Really? They look like a young couple. His antlers weren't all the way in. (laughs) They look like a young couple. I was like, moving into the area. But um, This house is for sale. I know. Oh my gosh. I'm like, go ahead. I'll take deers over my neighbors. Just kidding. I'm, I'm a good neighbor. Yes. So this is the other one that happened recently. You guys know I've been working on my yard oh, for a very long time. And I was just telling someone that I'm finally getting to a point where I'm not completely done with my whole yard, but I'm getting to a point where I'm almost done. 
And so then I feel like I can enjoy it more. And so one day I was like super groggy. I had had one glass of wine the night before, which apparently I cannot do unless it's organic and from really good wineries. And I'm like rubbing my eyes in the morning. Buddy is already like running around and I look out my kitchen window and there is a robin hopping around my yard. And I was like, oh, look, Robin Redbreast, how beautiful. (laughs) And then I watch it literally find a worm, play with it, kill it, eat it, and fly away with it. And I was like, did that just happen? And so it got me wondering, like, they say the early bird gets the worm. And I always thought that was just an idiom. But no, it's fact. (laughs) It is fact. And so then I was like, well, that was kind of cool. Too bad I didn't. The bird came back, came back right away, starts hopping around my yard finds a worm, flies away. And I was like, this is very interesting. Came back a third time. I know you guys are like, are you really talking on your podcast about worms and birds? It was so fascinating. And so then, of course, I had to look up how birds find worms because I was like, when I walk out in my grass, I don't see worms. Like they're not like flopping around on the grass. So I'm sure you guys are really excited to hear that robins have really acute vision And they can tell when a worm is even moving the dirt. So the worm might not even break surface, but they can tell where it is and then they find them. Well, thank you for that National Geographic lesson. That is fascinating. Yep. We get all sorts of critters. Now there are some squirrels and birds and I may have a hummingbird in the area, although I was informed recently by our mother that it could be a hummingbird moth. And I was like, well, I kind of like the idea of the hummingbird more. So I'm thinking of getting a hummingbird feeder. But stay tuned because I may have some more. I've also seen a coyote in my area once. So, yeah. That's all pretty cool. I was thinking about the hummingbird feeder because we were talking about it when we were coming back from our trip. Or maybe we were on our trip because where we stayed was pretty lush with fauna and flora. flora. More flora than fauna. Well, birds, but we were talking about hummingbird feeders, and up at the cabin where I just was, they had a bird feeder, and it was red, and one mm. of the people we were with suggested not red, and I don't remember why now. I don't remember why, but I can also look that. I'm sure you guys are itching for me to look that one up. I will also say that part of our National Geographic moments might just be a neighborhood cat who decides to run through my yard. Yeah. Not super thrilled about that one. Spotted her yesterday. You know, around fall time, we'll see what comes up because we tend to get more critters. And of course, everyone in my immediate area in the neighborhood has cameras. So we'll have these like group texts about who caught this on the camera? Who caught this on the camera? That bear <laughs> That's how one? we caught the bear because it literally it missed my camera, but walked literally in front of my house and into their into their yard. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> It was fall time, closer to winter when they're getting ready to hibernate. So they come down and start looking for food. And they can be aggressive, but it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I think our parents had one in their neighborhood, a bear that just hung out in someone's tree. (laughs) Right. I can't even imagine. (laughs) I don't have trees in my backyard, but if I walked out there and was like, okay, (laughs) let me just walk back inside. Right. Yeah. Hey, bear. Oi. (laughs) Oi. Oi. Oi, bear. Oi. <laughs> well, at the cabin, we were told that there had also been some moose sightings. So I was Ooh. excited. Even we took a little walk, just a baby part of a trail. And I, I was like, left and right, left and right, looking like, are there bear? Are there moose? Are there deer? We did see some deer on the drive up. And I always think it's fun for people who live 
like closer to the mountains. I mean, we're pretty close to the mountains, but in the foothills, but who actually live in the foothills who have deer come around all the time and they think they're like pests like we think the prairie dogs are. Um, but every time I see a, an animal that's bigger than a squirrel, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, it's so cool. Yeah. Did you see that cow? Mm-hmm. Did you see that cow? Mm-hmm. So I happen to point out cows. Like, <laughs> All the time, like, look at that cow. What is it doing? And then it was a bull, like, yeah. rubbing its head in some mud. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mud bath day, uh-huh. yeah, spa day. Yeah, for the- spa day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. Yeah. Very fun. That's cool. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of zoos. Yeah. I, I think I like going to them so I can learn about animals. Right. When I was younger, I definitely enjoyed going and just seeing all the different animals as an animal lover, not just, we're not just humanists. <laughs> I'm an animal lover too. So I used to like going to zoos and a- different animal parks, which I know are controversial, but just seeing the animals that I don't see every day. And yeah. um, then as I get older and as we're talking about, like we live in the burbs and we have these different animals and sometimes it's nice to just take a moment and observe the nature. It is. Smell the For roses. instance, there might've been a time where I thought there were baby hawks flying around. And Anna so gently and politely looked at me and she goes, those are sparrows. I was like, oh, I swear there was a baby hawk in there somewhere. But you're right. It may have been sparrows. We have a lot of those. Obviously, I have to make sure. But the other animals I said, I know for sure that those were what they were. The cat was really a cat. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Ding, I got one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. I also wanted to share, I got bamboozled recently. You did? I did. And it's hard to get bamboozled. And it can be so infuriating. And then you just have to go, shoot, I got bamboozled. I have some some more positive stuff for the day. But I did want to share just as my PSA for people because I know... We contract with different people and different companies all the time. So I have been a proponent of getting food service sometimes. So I like to have some meals sent because it just makes it easier, especially if I'm having a rough afternoon or if things are going on, then I can. It's just easy to prep. I don't have to think about it because sometimes the planning is what hits me the hardest. So I had some friends recommend a food service company. They seemed really cool. Guy came over, sat in my dining room, talked to me. And he he was honest in one sense, I'll say. He started off seeming honest where he said, I'm not sure this is going to be a good fit for you and Buddy just because it's the two of you. But if you work it out this way and you're cooking this many times a week, like this will really benefit you. And I thought this will be nice. Like the food is available to me. I can have it here. And this package comes with a freezer. And they're like, it's a restaurant grade freezer. It's like industrial. You could have it in a professional kitchen. And I was like, well, that would be nice. Like then I can just go out into my garage, grab what I need. And I will say that convenience was really nice. And so then he's telling me all about it. And he's like, hey, I just want to let you know. And to be fair, you guys, I'll let you know the way the story ends. And I'll get to why was actually in some legal proceedings. So I can't actually tell you the name of the company. I will tell you it's not one of those weekly companies. So don't freak out if you're getting like one of those weekly companies that drop stuff off at your doorstep. It is not that, but if you do have questions, you can always reach out to us. But I can tell the story. I just can't say who it was, which I know is like, oh man. So the guy tells me, hey, you know what? For your situation, he knew about my situation being a single mom. And he's like, I'm going to go ahead and give you 20% off your food. I'm going to go ahead and do that for you for your first order. And then as you continue, I can honor that 20%. I was like, oh, that's really sweet of you. Thank you so much. So I get the food, everything gets going. And I am someone, I will say, this is my PSA. Look at your bills, people. Look at your bills. Double check that what people say they're going to do is what they do because that is not what they ended up doing. (gasps) 
<laughs> I know. Pause for effect. <laughs> so what this company does is they give you 20% on the front end, making it look like that to charge you 20% on the back end. So when you purchase food and this freezer from them, they charge you 20% interest. So it, it's a wash. The problem is they don't tell you about that 20% interest. They don't tell you about any of that within the contract, but they do charge it to you. So you're not actually ever getting a discount and part of their sales pitch, which is good one, right? Is I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you with this 20%. We all want to be taken care of. Yeah. I think what's hardest for me in this whole situation, and I'll continue, is that like normally people who know my situation are like, how can I work with you? And instead, I was like an easy, easy target. Yeah, that like, sucks. I feel that I was preyed upon because of my situation. And so this guy knew what to say to me to make it seem like they were going to be there and supportive and to help me out as a single mom. And instead, I was like a very easy target to take advantage of. And I know other people who are very happy with this company and have not been treated this way, but I also know that those people are in a very different situation than I am. So essentially, once I figured this out, I called and I just said, hey, we need to sever contract. I need you guys to come pick up the freezer. OMG. Now, normally I am not one to say when you get like the machismo of man mm -hmm. who goes, oh, you must be an uneducated, dumb female. I'm going to go and treat you like that. These gentlemen, I'm going to call them gentlemen, but they were so condescending, so incredibly rude, condescending. Literally, I had three different times where they were like, well, have you even looked at your contract? And they literally like word for word would read me back the contract I had in front of me. And they would say like, do you even know how to look over this? Oh, Right. And I was like, I don't need you to read over it. I understand what your contract says. It's just that I'm a big proponent of transparency and honesty. You come to me with transparency and honesty. It doesn't necessarily matter how much because I appreciate that. So these guys were like, nope, you signed a contract. There's nothing we can do for you. The only thing you can do is pay for the freezer and never order with us again and we'll cut your contract. And I was like, well, and I even offered, I said, I will pay you this amount for you just to come pick it up. And they claimed that you cannot ever return an appliance. We'll have to look that up too. You can. If mm. an appliance isn't working, you can return it. Mm. So I, said, I was like, you can. So basically this went back and forth. And I will say the only female who was involved was an assistant, mm. which that like, that just kind of struck me. And there's nothing wrong. I've been an executive assistant before. There's nothing wrong with that. But it was interesting because when I eventually got to the guy who claims he's the president, I honestly don't know. Our conversations had to be cut short because he had to go talk to his lawyers about land acquisition and how he was buying multiple properties. And so I was a peon and that was fine because I understand like what these guys are working and they have to make a buck at the end of the day. I think it was how I was handled and how I was talked to. Yeah. That was so difficult. And so the way that the owner met me with it, right? He did the same thing, read through the contract, wanted to make sure I understood. Did, could I read? Could I go through it? Like very condescending. And I wanted to be like, wow, obviously, if this is how you handle customer complaints, like, I don't want to work with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And his response was, I'll go ahead and have my legal team get in touch with you and drop a settlement agreement. Okay, great. <laughs> right? Like, we have to, because that scares people when they hear that. that you I know? told him, I was like, that's great. I'll have my lawyer look over it. So send it over when you can, and I'll get back to you. Good. Because <laughs> I was like... Okay. okay, we can play that game too. I know. And but I told him, I essentially, like when I sent over the agreement and I 
took care of everything. And I said, I just want to ensure that you're not going to have any other hidden fees. You're not going to continue to charge me. Like I had to get another company. It was just honestly. And I told them because some of the things that they were saying to me, obviously I'm not smart enough to be able to look over the contract or I didn't pay attention to what I was signing. And I was like, this could have been taken care of in less than 30 seconds. If you said, awesome, so sorry, we're going to cut your contract, pay us $200 and we'll come get the freezer. And I told him that. I was like, I'll pay you 200 bucks, come get the freezer. And instead it like ended up, even the email, the guy had to have the last word. And this is why I was like, oh, this is where we're going. Like you are big man on campus have to have the last word. And so I was like, I'm not even going to respond. Like so inflammatory. I was like, I'm not even going to respond to this guy. Okay. First of all, I hate that this happens with all the condescending mansplaining and, and everything. Like we could go on and on for days about how often that happens. What's really unfortunate, you're right, is that a salesperson took your situation and then took advantage of that promised you something or said that he was going to take care of you in this one way, didn't. And then it's your fault that he didn't, right? Like Mm -hmm. they turn it around like, well, you stupid little girl, like you, one, shouldn't have believed the salesperson and two, they never wrote it in the contract. So that never happened. And then now you're responsible. Do you get to keep the freezer? I can. I'm trying to sell it. And unfortunately, this is even where I got hit, like doubly hit. First, I'll say the guy who did sell me everything, I contacted him directly, will not respond to me. Didn't even reach out, nothing. Like he just took it straight to the top guy. And I was like, ooh, all right, hide behind the other guys. That's fine. I am trying to sell it and I'm trying to recoup the cost of this. And someone like even tried to mansplain on Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, and to be like, yeah, I can get this for like a fourth of what you're trying to sell it for at Lowe's. And I'm like, awesome. Not only not only did, did I get bamboozled by these guys, but they also like charged me double of what the standard price is for this freezer. And so I'm like, I might just have this freezer if I can't sell it. Well, but I'm like, we all, all right. know that I have a three-person freezer in mine. You might as well have an extra freezer in yours. Yeah, yours, like, we can, like, lay the people yeah. in horizontally. Mine, they just go it's vertically, vertical. but it still works, you I know. I mean, sometimes it is nice to have an extra freezer, and if... Well, like, I was hoping to get a smaller one. I mean, yeah. this thing is ginormous. It's gigantic for because one and a half of us. bulk food. <laughs> well, they didn't even fill it. That was no. the whole thing. They brought, when they brought the food, it only took up, like, a third of the freezer. One time, Alexander asked me to go take some, I don't know, ground turkey out of there. And there were like eight things in there. <laughs> I'm like, this is a really big appliance for, for what they're yeah. dropping off. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it sucks because that is the way that they get you. But what I was going to say is it reminds me of the time when I bought the place that I currently live in several years ago now, and I had the floors redone. So I had, oh, yeah. I was having flooring put in and carpet put in, and I went through the same company to do both of those things. And gosh, it was happening like right around school was starting. So things were very busy and I was having it painted. There was just a lot going on. But there's a salesperson that I talked to at the store and quoted me, like I have all the sheets, quoted me whatever for the flooring and whatever for the carpet. And then I think it was like one or two weeks later that I get a call from the store saying that they were really sorry, but I was misquoted a price for one of, I think it was the flooring and it was actually two or three times more than what I was quoted. And can I, you know, meet them halfway and pay (laughs) for their mistake? And I was like, 
No. No. I will not. I'm really sorry, salesperson, if you have to take the hit for that. I am. But it wasn't just one time I went in there. I went in there one time to pick out my stuff. And then I went out another time to like set up delivery and all that. So there was ample time to like check mistakes. And it's not my fault or my problem that the mistake was made on your end. And so I just thought it was the silliest thing that they're asking me to pay for that. And I was like, no, sorry. Well, and, and think about how much farther it would go if they admitted it was a mistake and said, hey, you know what? Like, this was totally our bad. Like, there is nothing wrong with saying you did something wrong. Right. And then how People amazing. have a hard, hard time with that, though, I'm coming to learn in my years. Absolutely. But if they had just initially handled it better for both our situations, we'd probably be more likely to recommend these people and say, hey, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a good Mm -hmm. fit for me, but it might be a good fit for you. And here's why they took care of me when it ended up not working. But in my situation, they were just trying to justify and be like, well, we got to make that 20% we give you as a discount. We got to make that up somehow. (laughs) What? What? Okay, you have to make it up somehow? Oh my gosh. I was like... Just don't offer it in the beginning. Exactly. (laughs) Don't offer it and try and make it look like you're giving me something when you're not. Yeah. Yeah. So just look at your bills, people. That's (laughs) Just look at your bills. Sales and business. When I think about my career, I think we've talked about this before, but if I'm like ever, you know, I don't know what I want to do. Maybe I'm not ready to do this anymore. I don't know if I'm ever going to come to that point. With my current career, but when I think about the other jobs I could be doing, and I was a business undergrad in marketing to boot, right? And so that's all about kind of preying on people and um, mm-hmm. it's manipulation in a way, getting people to buy things and spend money. Oh, do I have a lot to say about that? Um, (laughs) And it is not okay. Like if you are a person of integrity, it's hard to find companies that are going to be honest and have that integrity and really have you and not the bottom line in mind. Well, and what we've talked about energetically as as a whole in general is that when you surrender that and like let go of the bottom line, the people will come to you. I think that's part of it that was so frustrating is that they were trying to manipulate and control my decision making rather than just give me all the information. And and I guess maybe they can't trust that people will make the right decision, but give me all the information and let me tell you if it's going to be the right thing other than you try and conform what you're selling to make it the right thing for me. Like, let me make that decision. But no. Well, no. and as a result, you're right. I'm not going to recommend my flooring place to anybody because of that faux pas. And that sucks for them. Maybe I'll give them another chance sometime. Maybe I won't. But anymore with social media and mm-hmm. just word of mouth, it's not always that bad publicity is, you know, good because it's publicity. No, it could yeah. anymore really take a company down. Now, you're right. Like, you're probably a peon among how many other people who have used this service. But already we know one other family that is contemplating whether or not they're going to stick with this service or counsel together also. Yeah. I mean, my whole point is make the right decision for you and also just check your bills. Okay. And yes, PSA, check your bills, medical bills. It happens all the time. Yeah. And I I periodically will make sure to go through and like, just that's how I've caught fraud before. Just double check stuff. Say like, oh, hey, you charged me the wrong amount or that wasn't supposed to go through, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that sucks. I'm sorry that happened. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundle, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Well, all of that was happening like right before we were getting ready to go on this trip, as Anna has alluded to, and we do have plans to talk about it more in detail. And that was a little stressful, but I'm usually someone who likes to pack like a week ahead of time. (laughs) I just do. It's like the way my brain works. And often if I think of something, it's like I almost need to act on it immediately or I will forget. I literally can think of something at the top of my stairs. And by the time I get downstairs, I've forgotten it. It's just how things work for me. Anna, on the other hand, let's say, I think I asked you like three times if you were packed. and uh... So we were leaving on Thursday. We had like a midday flight. And we, mm-hmm. so we were going to leave about noonish for the airport. So knowing that we were leaving on a Thursday, on Saturday, I think I asked Alexandra like, what are you doing today? And she's like, I'm going to start packing. And I looked <laughs> at her like, what? We're not leaving for like five days. And, mm. and she's like, what? When are you going to pack? And I'm like, probably Thursday morning. <laughs> It's true. Uh-huh. It's true. Uh-huh. I mean, I ended up packing Wednesday night, most of my stuff, but I was like, yeah, I, I can't. I feel like I know it's coming up, and so I might think about what outfits I might need, but I certainly can't start packing before then. No, and I'll say I will agree with Anna that she can't because I think it was either this past Christmas or the Christmas before she wrapped all of her presents early. Which was not like her. And then she couldn't remember what she had I didn't wrapped. like that at all. It's <laughs> like it's like the time in college, that one time that I was like, I got an assignment for a research paper for my astronomy class and we had a month to turn it in. And I was like, I am going to start now because I am awesome at writing papers the night before and do pretty well on them. But I was like, I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm going to start researching now. And I did, but then it was two weeks late. <laughs> yeah. The paper was like, I can't can't do it. No, she can't. No, Mm -mm. no. And for that Christmas, I will never again start wrapping that early. I will wait till like the few days before. Cause now I was like, I don't know what I got people. And I don't know what, I mean, I obviously tagged them, but I'm like, I don't know what's in there. And I didn't like that feeling at all. Yeah. I usually have to pack buddy. So on this particular trip, he didn't come with us, but I had to pack him. And one of the things he has stayed with family before when I'm out of town, And I don't go out of town very often without him. But one of the things that comes up for me is how do you pack your outfits for your child to Mm -hmm. indicate to the Mm -hmm. people watching him that this is the outfit? Because sometimes when I've gone to pick him up, I'm like, did you pick? Maybe he did pick it out himself. I don't know. He can certainly do that. But I started having this conversation with Anna when I took my car to the car wash. Mm -hmm. And I have been... It's just kind of like another long story, but the back of my car looks like a chihuahua blew up in it because that's how much my dog sheds. 
and I've been trying different things and it's fabric. It's not plastic in the back, back of my car. It's the fabric, which means the first sticks to it and you can get it totally cleaned and done. And it's a little bit more, but this time I just needed my car to be washed. And so she and I are talking about what we're going to pack, what we're doing. And I brought this problem to her and I said, I don't even know, like he has a little outfit for soccer. And so I decided to put it in a little bag and label it. And she was like, you did what? I lost it. I you know <laughs> I can see that, like putting the uniform together. But Alexandra was like, yeah, a couple weeks ago, someone brought him to church. A family member brought him to church. And that is not the outfit <laughs> that I chose for him to wear to church. And I was like, I was dying as she's <laughs> like, she's just very earnestly saying like, yes, I have these outfits in mind. And then when I showed up, he was wearing completely different things. And I'm like, he's three. Someone was probably like, buddy, go and pick out a shirt and go and pick out some shorts. And then he is set on his own to go and do that. That could have been it. Right. And I, I realize I should back up and say, I'm not in my car during this car wash. I'm having it like someone else is washing my car. So anyway, there's, there's a reason for that. So we're having this conversation and I was just saying, you know, especially for soccer, he has a little soccer shirt. So I'm like, you got to wear the soccer shirt. And I'm like, in these shorts, you know, sometimes if he's running around too much in these kind of shorts, it kind of chafes a little bit. So, you know, I'm very <laughs> intentional and specific and he knows too. So anyway, I'm talking to her about this. And all of a sudden I'm like tapping my phone because I can't hear anything. And I have my, my headphones in. I'm like, Anna, 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 nothing. And nothing. all I'm hearing is, <laughs> and I'm like, Alexandra, hello, hello. Did you hang up on me? Did you press a button? Did you mute yourself? What am I hearing right now? Am I in the car wash? What is happening? <laughs> so I'm saying all this so, out loud. Mm -hmm. And I'm like sitting on a bench and I see that the guy who's been washing my car is actually like coming out of the car wash area. And I'm like trying to call Anna and I'm like, hello, I'm not muted. What is happening? And then it dawns on me. My phone conversation has now connected to my car with the guy <laughs> with the car wash guy. And so I'm like waving at him like, so sorry, pointing to my phone. And then finally, Anna and I are connecting and she's like, oh, there you are. And I was like, yep, you went through the car wash. <laughs> Like 10 feet away at some point. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't in there the whole time, but at some point it just clicked from her phone to the car as it was coming out of the car wash. And oh, yeah. I thought that was hysterical. Well, and so what they normally do is they line up your cars and they dry them off and then they kind of wave when your car is ready. No, I didn't need a wave this time. The guy knew exactly who I was and came over and was like, your car's ready. Your yeah. car's He was ready. probably like, there's some chick on the phone in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness like, Hola. <laughs> anyway I don't know what the rest of you moms do it ended up working out just fine I just rolled them up and it still did not come back that way but that's okay he was dressed he was appropriate he got to do whatever he wanted it was great and I asked Alexandra I was like are you gonna put like a shirt and a pair of shorts in a baggie that way and separate that way because sometimes you can and you mentioned how you have these things that you pack outfits in when, when we go on trips and stuff, these little mm -hmm. things that go in the suitcase so you can pack like outfits in one and swimsuits in another or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're these little organizer things and they're actually fantastic. But I was like, are you going to yes. intentionally for the four days that you were gone, put outfits into baggies and label them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Almost. 
And I told her when I did my bike ride across Iowa, I did. I had like my bike shorts for one day and my jersey for one day. I, we packed that way in a Ziploc baggie. But I, I was like, this is the most type A conversation I've ever <laughs> had with anyone ever. And I work with a lot of type A people. Well, you know, it just the outfits go together. And I think the big part for me, too, was to make sure that it was understood that there was enough outfits for all the days because I think sometimes what happens is when you start pulling stuff out and then you're like, wait a second, do we have enough? And yes, the people who are watching him could do laundry. It was fine. I will say I did not do it for every day of the week, but I did do one for church in case he went to church and I did do one for soccer. Well, and she was also very <sighs> particular about like, okay, so this might be the church outfit, but these are the church shoes. <laughs> yes. Like, what if he's in the church outfit, but someone does not put the church shoes and let on? Me, let me say this. <laughs> I am a little sensitive, and I know this. I honestly don't fully care, except for the fact that I have had individuals come up to me, and they haven't talked to me specifically about Buddy and what he's wearing to church, but I've had individuals come up and talk to me about kids wearing appropriate clothes to church. And for me, it's like, if this is a way to get y'all to be quiet so you're not yapping in my ear about this, then cool. And he's fine, right? As long as he's got shoes on, he's got clothes on, it's totally fine. And he, he's three. And he's, he's three. three. It is better that he comes to church with clothes on. I agree. Or go out <laughs> yes. anywhere in public. But it made me think like the way that she packs, and it sounds like Alexandra packs in outfits. And yes. I don't always pack in outfits. I did for our last trip think about like what I wanted to wear for each day because we were specifically doing different things and I might for this upcoming trip as well. But in general, if I'm going to like a conference or whatever, I might pack a couple pairs of pants or a couple skirts or dresses and then have some options. Like if I put a pair of pants in there, I might have a couple options for tops that are versatile that can go with different things, but I don't necessarily pack in outfits for specific days. I do because when I do use your method, I inevitably end up short. Oh no. And then I'm like, well, crap, I have like two more days and what am I going to wear? So it just helps me with my brain. And it's not always exact. What I will say is like, oh, if I'm going for five or seven days, I might pack like nine outfits or something, but I do pack them as outfits. <laughs> You're not alone. And, <laughs> right. I'm sure I'm not alone either. I'm sure that you guys who are listening are like, oh, that's the way I do it too. Or no, I definitely could never do it that. But yes, I am like last minute Sally when I am packing. And it's not like I throw things in there, but I can't think about it too much. I think it overwhelms me if I think about it too much. What I find hilarious about this is that how you pack and when you pack is like so indicative of just <laughs> how we do life. Like mm -hmm, how I yes. pack and when I pack is how I do life and how yes. you pack and when is how you do life. Yeah, very <laughs> so, much so. Yeah. Does that make me seem flighty? No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, because often and historically people will say like if you procrastinate that's bad but it's usually people like me who have to plan who can't procrastinate but for people who procrastinate it's not always bad because that might just be how you work and function now we will say on and I have had to work on our working relationship because I'm like can we get this stuff done like two weeks ahead of time and she's like the day before I'm ready and I'm like oh I'm past that point I'm too stressed out I can't do it yes, like we, we, yes. we can't do it that way we have so. had to find middle ground but I think to this point about procrastination is 
if I'm packing on Thursday, the day of the flight, I don't even consider it procrastination. <laughs> I don't. I do. 100%. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? There's like dishes have to be put away and beds made to make sure things are clean. How can you be packing the morning before you leave? Like, how can you be doing that? I have my list, my mental list. And then sometimes I'll have to write my list of like, do the cat litter and the dishes and the laundry and make sure that the guest room is ready for the person who's house sitting and I definitely have my list and I will try and get those things done, but I don't want to start doing them a week in advance because then things are going to get dirty again. For example, Mm. if I get the guest room already for my house sitter and cat feeder, if I do that on the weekend and I'm not leaving till Thursday, there is inevitably going to be a lot of like cat hair and also snot from Zoe because she sneezes all over the place all the time. So that's something that I have to plan to do closer to the time that I'm leaving. So it's like fresh. I have to have it like fresh. I get that. Yeah. (laughs) I agree with you on that. And also by that point in time, I'm already packed. (laughs) True. Yeah. I got, I got everything good to go. Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Anywho. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on how the trip actually went. We do plan to talk about that, but wanted to kind of at least go over the pre and what methods do y'all use? Do you have some like packing hacks? Cause that's, I'm always looking for that. Like when I travel with Buddy, I have to take the biggest suitcase still right now. And it's the majority of stuff is his. Who was I talking with recently? A mom who doesn't travel a lot. And so they just came back from one trip and have another trip coming up. And she's like, we definitely overpack for the kids. And I was like, this came up on a radio station recently. And one of the DJs is getting made fun of because of how much he packs for his kid. I think we talked about that probably last summer when we were taking travels. Like Mm -hmm. there's this tendency to overpack. And if you're going to a place where there's civilization, like the idea that if I forget it, I can go get it. Like, again, that's like a very first world kind of idea. But yeah, like God forbid, if you forget a t-shirt, you can probably wash it or go get one. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful. Buddy is not at a point where he is so attached to certain things. Like he can't sleep unless he has, except for socks. <laughs> he needs to have socks on for him to sleep. Kid after my own I, heart. Right? <laughs> he digs after his aunt, but he doesn't have like a stuffed animal or stuffy as they're called now, or a blanket he has to have. I usually bring a blanket from home. So he has that comfort, but it's not like, I mean, there are plenty of stories I've heard where it's like, if you don't have this specific thing, the kid is going to just lose it. And the trip l- is ruined. Yeah. And yeah. luckily we don't have that. So I'm grateful for that. But yes, like between like his little blow up mattress and all sorts of different things, I usually try and pack all that. But as far as like clothes and stuff, I feel like I've got it down. Like now that we've had a couple trips, I'm like, oh, I got this down. Yeah. But yeah. Sleep with like metal matchbox cars anyway. (laughs) I don't know how that's comfortable, but that's. No, the latest thing that he does, which cracks me up, is it's a game for me to find where his water bottle goes. (laughs) Yes, because he. We'll take it and drink it and it's fine. He's not potty trained overnight yet. He's potty trained for the day, but he will like wrap it around somewhere around him and like tuck it under his blanket and fall asleep with it like right there. And not when we travel, just when he's at home. I don't know. Cracks me up. Anywho, Anywho. those are the stories we have for today. Don't get bamboozled. Love your National Geographic moments. And uh, what are your tips and tricks for getting prepared for travel? And overall, no matter how you get prepared for travel, it is the right way for you. Exactly. (laughs) And you are not alone. You 
are not alone. Since we've been up in the clouds and traveling lately, mm-hmm. I have a joke for you, STW joke of the day having to do with clouds. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. STW joke of the day. Here we go. What kind of undies do clouds wear? <laughs> Whitey tighties. Thunderwear. <laughs> Thunderwear. <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah so clouds wear thunderwear you guys it has been a pleasure hanging out with you today enjoy yourselves take care of yourselves and know that we love you and you're not alone you are not alone share us leave us a review if you feel like it's on your heart and we will see you soon bye-bye bye thanks for listening to the russian sisters to connect with them go to the russiansisters.com Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast. But we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.